You're listening to Ithaca Now, WICB's weekly news program focused on stories in the Ithaca community. I'm your host, Sarah Payne, and thanks for joining us. On tonight's show, we're going to hear from Caitlin Smith as she speaks with the new student and transitions program director and a sneak peek of her new podcast series, HAYA, and WICB news correspondent, New Andia, investigates into queer spaces around the Ithaca area. But first, we have Liam McDermott and Ayla Shaw with Community Beat and George Christopher with this week's Politics Beat. At 1.15 a.m. on Friday, Ithaca police responded to a stabbing report in the downtown area. The incident occurred behind the East Green Street building that contains the Urban Outfitters retail store, only a short walk from the police headquarters. Law enforcement officials released a statement on Friday afternoon that a victim is deceased. Today, the police publicly identified the victim as Ithaca resident Michael Monroe. Investigators also arrested and charged 39-year-old Jeremiah L. Jordan with murder in the second degree. skating party. Skaters under five years old will be admitted for free and admission will be discounted to $1.50 for skaters age five and above. The party will be held from 2.30 to 4.30 in the afternoon and will feature skate rentals for $3.50, free popcorn, trivia, and raffles. The Newfield School District has announced that they have received $1.4 million in federal funding for three new fully electric school buses. The Newfield School District is one of only 19 school districts here in New York to receive the federal funding. In total, the state of New York is set to launch over 130 school buses throughout 19 school districts. For Ayla Shaw, I'm Leah McDermott. This is your weekly politics beat. I'm George Christopher. 
on East Hill, Cornell's freshman class has elected their representatives for the student assembly. According to the Cornell Daily Sun, the four representatives are freshmen Ronan Chaturji, Kathy Liu, Barbam Megaretu, and Andrew Richmond. The election saw significantly lower turnout than previous elections, with just over 14% of eligible voters casting a ballot. Transfer students also elected their representatives, Yijian Yuan, with just over 8% turnout. Yuan was elected with just 25 votes out of 500. judge has reinstated 16 New York City sanitation workers who were fired for failing to comply with the city's vaccine mandate. According to CNN, the judge determined that the order requiring vaccination violated the state's constitution. Additionally, the judge ruled the order to be, quote, arbitrary and capricious, pointing out various carve-outs and exceptions to the vaccine rules for athletes, artists, performers, and other professions. The sanitation workers have also been ordered Backpack. On Thursday, President Joe Biden appeared in Syracuse to highlight recent investments in semiconductors ahead of the midterm elections. According to the Washington Post, the company Micron has pledged to invest $100 million over the next 20 years to build semiconductor factories in the city. Biden appeared with Governor Kathy Hochul as she continued her campaign against Republican Lee Zeldin. New York's unemployment rate has fallen to 4.3%, a significant drop since this time last year. According to Spectrum News, the statewide unemployment remains higher than the national average of 3.3%. In Tompkins, the unemployment rate is below both the national and statewide average at just 2.6%. Bronx County has the highest unemployment rate at over 7%, with Saratoga having the lowest at 2.4%. Reporting for Ithaca Now, I'm George Christopher. You're listening to Ithaca Now. I'm your host, Sarah Payne. How Are You Actually, or H-A-Y-A for short, is a new podcast series that can be heard through WICB's Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you hear your podcast. Guest correspondent Caitlin Smith spoke with Carrie Ann Keenan, the director of New Student Transitions Program, to learn more about how the class of 2026 has been acclimating to college life. Hi. My name is Lou Barron, and I'm the production director of WICB and the producer of our new podcast, How Are You Actually? I'll let our host, Caitlin Smith, introduce herself and the topic. Welcome to How Are You Actually, the podcast that aims to promote an honest discussion about college students' mental health. My name is Caitlin Smith, and I am so excited to be with you today. So a little bit about me, I'm a first-year television and digital media major at Ithaca College, and I have a passion for students' mental health, adolescents' mental health. I think it's a topic that does not get talked about enough, and when it does get talked about, it's kind of a surface-level discussion and I think that there's very specific things happening to college students today that need to be addressed and need to be actually put out there for honest conversations. When Caitlin came to me with the idea for this podcast, I knew WICB had to produce it. The mental health of young people like ourselves is such a vital issue to shed light on and her passion for the subject really invigorated me as well. You can expect to hear segments of the podcast here on Ithaca Now, with full episodes available to stream shortly after. Episode 1 will be available wherever you get your podcasts on Monday, November 7th. Without further ado, this is the premiere of How Are You Actually? 
So I am here with Carrie Ann Keenan, who's the Director of New Student and Transition Programs here at Ithaca College, to speak about the freshman transition to college and why departments like hers are so important on campus. So welcome. Thank you, Caitlin. Nice to be here. I want to ask a general question about the factors that make the transition to college tough. So it's really based on a lot of different factors. It's unique for each person, but um, things like being away from home for the first time, maybe for some folks, this will be the very first time um, distance from home, you know, type of city that they're coming from, you know, compared to Ithaca or town. Um, leaving friends and family and pets behind. Yes. There's so many things about pets and wishing that there were more animals around here. Um, you know, and it's and there's also the social component, that social anxiety of will I make new friends? Will I like my roommate? Um, so that's a big factor. And then on kind of the unseen and, and maybe not talked about as much side are the resources. What kind yes. of financial and human capital do folks have when they're coming in, right? So do they have a really strong support system that's helped prepare them to jump into college? Or maybe they're first-gen students who, you know, their parents just didn't know, straight up didn't know how to do that preparation. So what kind of um, people and financial resources they have coming in? So all of these things can, can certainly impact that transition. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I think we tend to overlook some of those like niche or things like the financials. And it's a really big part of a lot of students' lives when they come into college. So your department, which is the New Student and Transitions Program, what is your mission as a department? Ah, great question. So, so our mission really revolves around three main themes. The first one is connection and belonging. The next one is transition, and the last one is preparation. So if you think about orientation programmings and then, or the orientation program, sorry, and then extended programs throughout the year, every single one of them can be tied back to one of one or more of these th three main themes, right? So connection and belonging, one of the one of the top indicators of student success and perceived satisfaction of college is a connection, whether it's a person, a program, a club, a sport, uh, their academic major, their faculty, or an, another advisor. Um, this is a, a very strong indicator of persistence through college all the way through um, to graduation. Uh, and then the belonging piece is just, I mean, it's part of Ithaca College's mission. It's part of our division and, and department's um, visions. To, to make sure students feel seen and heard and like they matter and they have a home here at Ithaca College, right? So all of our, our orientation programming is really built up to, you know, try to help that happen. And then the transition piece, like you already asked about, helping students make that transition from, you know, you just spent the last 13 years or so, give or take, <laughs> in school, in, in primary and, and um, high school. So this is a big deal. Coming yeah. to college is a big deal. So uh, we have programming that helps students transition. And then the preparation piece. I mean, think about orientation with all of the, you know, campus tours, campus resources. Here are all of the things that you need to get ready to start your college life at IC and be successful. So everything can really be tied back to those areas. 
Yeah, especially. Um, and I know, obviously, I just went through freshman orientation, and a lot of other people did too. And orientation is kind of a thing seen not just our, at our college, but at a lot of colleges and universities. Why is freshman orientation such an important piece to a freshman experience? Yeah, well, welcome to IC. I didn't know you were a first-year I student. I am a first-year student. That's so exciting. Um, so orientation and extended first-year programming, and also for transfer students too, right? We serve transfer students as new students. Uh, it's crucial. It's crucial to be be starting out your journey on the right foot, right? Mm-hmm. To to maximize your preparation, your connection and belonging, your you know transition ability, to maximize that from the very beginning, so then you're not floundering before classes even start. Yeah, right. So it's it's really crucial to just for the sake of of engagement and preparation to really get people started off in the in the right way. Yeah, definitely. And I found orientation really helpful just. First of all, at IC, we move in earlier than the other students, so it was nice to just have the freshmen there, but also just to learn the campus and feel a little bit more comfortable once classes started. So I really appreciated it, especially the time block that we had it right before classes started. Yeah, that's one of the perks, right? That's one of the good things about being a new student is you get to get the lay of the land before everyone comes back. Yes, definitely. Um, So... Again, just another general question. I'm still, you know, in the college adjustment phase. How long do you find it takes students to, like, fully adjust to college in their new environment? Mm, this, so this is a question that I wish there was an easy, straightforward, <laughs> even a formula would be great, right? Yeah. So if you have these life factors and this, you know, identity aspects, these resources, this is how long it will take to transition. But it's so situational. It's depending upon all of those factors, but also your lived experiences before mm-hmm. and during college, right? So some people, they jump into orientation like, I want to meet as many people as possible. I'm going to make tons of new friends. I'm going to go to every social event during orientation. Um, and they're like, can't wait to jump into all things college, right? So their transition might seem maybe seamless but it it is an always behind <laughs> the scenes right because there there are folks who start off really strong and they're like oh i miss my mom i miss yeah. my dog i miss for me it was my nana's lasagna i mm. just i missed her home cooking and <laughs> it, you know it was sad to not be with her all the time um so it it really is dependent upon um so many factors and some people are, are kind of good to go after one semester because they've done a whole cycle, right? Mm-hmm. They've done the midterms, the finals, everything in between. Um, they know where the breaks are, what they can manage, um, you know, time management. They've hopefully figured that out. Yeah. Um, but other folks, it's it takes a full year, right? It might take that long to establish your friend group to really find your home, really find your place where you feel like, these are my people. Mm -hmm. These are the people I want to surround myself with. Um, And whatever the form of of that connection and belonging and engagement takes, um, that could be, that could take a while, Mm -hmm. you know, for some people or it might change. Mm -hmm. So it's, it could take a month. It could take a year. It could take longer than a year. Yeah. It's really, it's kind of hard to say. Yeah, and I, I think it's really important that you iterated that. It's not a set formula. Um, I know 
for me and a lot of other freshmen, it's frustrating, especially with social media, seeing our friends, you know, go into college, it seems like all sunshines and unicorns for them. <laughs> but knowing that, you know, the transition is tough and there's no like set way for you to adjust um, is a really, really important thing. So I have one final question for you today, and it's about resources for students um, if they're struggling with the transition to college, specifically at IC. Yeah, great question. And and so this is this is the really important piece of our conversation right now, mm-hmm. right? Because you don't know what's going to happen, when emotions are going to come up or change, what the the level of homesickness might be mm-hmm. throughout different times. And what I'm going to say is, and this is true for all four years, or if you're transfer, you know, one or two or three years, um, but you are never going to be surrounded by as much support as you are when you are in college, mm-hmm. right? Especially IC. We have we have so many built in um, from counseling to uh, the Sanvelo app. Have you yeah. heard of this yet? Yes. Oh, my goodness. It's <laughs> Um, so it's totally free mm-hmm. for students, free for faculty and staff, which I just learned this week. <laughs> um, like I'm getting on there. That's a it's a really good resource. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so some of those like what you might think of as first go to resources, but there's also free tutoring, free career counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking for building connections with other people you identify with, we have the Center for Ideas. Uh, we have the LGBT Center. We have um, MLK Scholars and Bold Scholars. We just have all of these groups that you can look into. Some, you know, you kind of have to apply to, right, if it's mm-hmm. a scholar program. Um, but a lot of them, it's just open. It's yeah. open for students to um, to get involved in. So I would say the the big resources to start with would be your RA, your resident assistant, your resident director, right? Res life, they're kind of that first point of contact. So if you're struggling, it's normal, first of all, right? Mm -hmm. So so normalizing, reaching out for help is so, so, so important and can totally make a huge difference in your college experience. It can can really almost make or break it to a point, right? So being willing to ask for help – so starting with ResLife, at new student and transition programs, we are always open to talk with new students, transfer students, like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, struggling with getting used to a college course schedule or um, having some, some issues with this, this class or with my roommate or something, yeah. right? We're open to, to talk and listen and help with any of those kinds of um, issues. And then um, there's religious and RLS, religious and spiritual life, RSL. Yes, yes. (laughs) Religious and spiritual life um, are always open to have students connect with them. CAPS, which is the Counseling and Psychological Services, um, they have walk-ins or you can make appointments. And this is free. Yeah. All of this. Free Mm -hmm. counseling, free like life support, mm-hmm. um, you can find mentors. So many IC students end up with a mentor that's either staff or a faculty or a supervisor. Um, so it's really, it's kind of unlimited, the, the things you can take advantage of. 
the the thing is is that you often have to take that step. Yeah. You have to take that first step to say, I need help or I want to get engaged more mm-hmm. or um, oh, student engagement, right? The yeah. Office of student engagement. Yeah. See, there are so many. I, I can't even list them all. Um, the just the offerings are are limitless. Mm-hmm. So, I would say take advantage of all the support that you're surrounded by. Mm-hmm. It's the most you're ever going to have in your life <laughs> when you're an adult. There's not going to be, you know, free counseling, yeah. free career coaching, free organizations, you know, mm-hmm. that you can join to to find peers and colleagues. So take advantage. Hope you enjoyed that segment of WICB's new podcast, How Are You Actually? Again, the first full episode will be available to stream on Monday, November 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. This story was originally published as an article in May 2022 and includes interview segments and reporting in partnership with Chloe Johnston. Ithaca markets itself as a safe haven for LGBTQ people. Rainbow stickers adorn shops in the commons, a plethora of events showcase the vibrant drag scene, and, according to data from the UCLA Williams Institute, Tompkins County is home to one of the largest numbers of same-sex couples per capita in New York State. But a lack of structure makes it difficult for queer people to become a queer community. Tilia Cordata is a drag queen based in Ithaca who produces Thursdays, a weekly drag show hosted at The Range, a bar and live music venue in downtown Commons. Generally, it's it's sometimes difficult to speak about the Ithaca queer community just because we don't have an encompassing space. We don't have queer center or an LGBT center or anything like that. So it's rare if the majority of the queer community to be assembled in one area. The drag community here is currently in a state of growing again after the pandemic, two years of kind of shrinking and a lot of the old classics and the ones that been around before I was here kind of has stepped out of drag a little bit or moved away. The drag community also often depends greatly on Cornell and Ithaca College students. You know, in the two years that we have been mostly virtual doing shows, um, uh, we kind of lost a lot of those connections from, you know, students graduating or leaving or finishing their degrees via distance. We kind of shrunk for a little bit. And then now with the increased shows and the increased visibility, and some new performers are coming out of the woodwork again, which is exciting. I mean, Ithaca is one of the queer spaces that I've lived. It has a lot generally of queer folks. I would say that the folks that come to the drag shows tend to be somewhere under the age of 40. And that is the queer community that I see the most. As we get closer to the age of 40 and beyond, I really don't see them out that often anymore. If they don't come to my shows, I don't see them too frequently. Really, the drag shows are the most regular and recurring queer events in town. So they kind of represent a large amount of like the queer community assemblage. Ithaca has a vibrant queer history, both of activism that has continued on since the 1970s and of queer life. In 2019, Luca Marr, director of the Center for LGBT Education, Outreach, and Services at Ithaca College and the History Center in Tompkins County, worked together with IC students to create a walking tour of LGBTQ history in Ithaca. For decades, Ithaca, and when I say Ithaca, I mean the people of Ithaca. Mm-hmm. Ithaca isn't like a thing, it's a collection of people, have wanted to be at the forefront of what it means to be inclusive and respectful. 
that is a huge thing because there are a lot of places that don't spend a lot of energy on that and there's a couple places unfortunately in the United States that spend a lot of energy on the reverse mm -hmm. and so good one thing that Ithaca does really well is wanting to be good at that that does not always mean that Ithaca gets it right and Ithaca is very invested in trying so that is one thing that really has going for it but much of the queer community in Ithaca relies on individuals like Mara and Cordata rather than structural resources. But it follows the people. There are no structures in place to support that. It's great that it is coming from, by, and for the community. And what I've observed is lots of people tend to sit back and let them sort of allow us to do that. So there's no structures when it comes to services or, or anything else, or finding each other, or entertainment, or anything. It tends to follow the individuals who are giving of their time to do that, whether it's part of their paid job or not. I can think of a couple of times when people really organized together and there was a little bit more of a network. And one was leading up to passing Ithaca's non-discrimination law mm -hmm. in the late 80s and early 90s. And at that time, there was lots and lots of grassroots organizing. Again, there wasn't anybody's, there wasn't an LGBT center here. There wasn't even an LGBT center at Cornell at that time. But many, many LGBTQ people banded together because they were like, we want this law passed. The other time that a bunch of people banded together, much smaller initiative, was a few years ago, there was a memorial for after the Pulse nightclub shooting, mm -hmm. when hundreds of people gathered on the commons and all wore rainbow colored shirts and we took a picture, like an aerial picture, and we sent a message of support to the people of Orlando. It was a much smaller scale and it was, you know, sort of organizing up to this one day event. From where I sit, that's it. We can't just rely on a couple people to sort of feel like, okay, Trans Day of Remembrance, this is what we're doing. Um, because again, people want to turn out. They want to attend. They want to do the right thing. And then when they ask me, what can I do for Trans Remembrance Day? I say, hire a transgender person. Take a transgender person out for coffee. How do you put into practice that you want to do the right thing? It's, you know, allyship is a verb. According to Cordata, the Ithaca drag scene is often lauded by other central New York scenes. I'm not saying that we figured it out and we're perfect, but a lot of the like issues that the larger drag scenes have, you know, like not booking kings, not booking black and brown performers, not booking trans folks, don't really have a home here. Ithaca really has a large amount of capacity to support that sort of wide breadth of drag that other scenes tend not to support quite as much. And I think that's really amazing. You know, other scenes I've been in have been a lot different. It's been a lot more older style of, I am a man in a dress, mm -hmm. and that's the whole joke. Whereas here, it's often seen more as like valid and real art form and expression. I think that allows people to get kind of creative and interested in what they're doing, more so than when it's just, aha, this is a funny joke, and we're just going out to party. Performers here really do kind of understand the nuance and the importance of drag to the community, to themselves. However, many of the events Cordata hosts are held in spaces like The Range, which are run by cisgender and heterosexual allies. On the point of having a space, I think that is something that should be addressed. I think it's something that should have been addressed a long time ago. You know, I have attended common council meetings and community meetings in the past and voiced these concerns and other people have too. And the response we've often gotten is, Ithaca is so welcoming and queer that we don't need a space which is infuriating and I think incorrect just because it's generally welcoming for 
primarily white cis queers does not mean it's welcoming for all trans folks or, you know, BIPOC or black or brown queers. I also just generally think that having a community space is incredibly important to have kind of a space that is not a bar or a venue that is focused on serving you something or that you have to pay to get into. Zoe Van Nostrand, the Marketing and Visitor Experience Coordinator at the History Center in Tompkins County, is an Ithaca native who has a unique perspective on the community. When we're looking at marginalized communities and when we're looking at groups that make up a smaller amount of the population within Tompkins County, we are sometimes hugely limited because marginalized groups, there are generally less people, they have less access to resources, and they likely, they wouldn't have thought that their documents or their artifacts were something that the History Center would preserve. So our organization has existed in a couple different forms since the 1880s, but for a great period of that time, it was a very white-centric, middle-class Ithaca organization. And so with that, when we look at our oldest collections, they definitely have big gaps. And so the history that we have is what the community has decided to preserve and give to us. We know of some queer spaces that existed, like Common Ground or Felicia's Atomic Lounge. We know that those were either socially colloquial to gay bars or, you know, publicly promoted themselves as such. But that doesn't mean that we have any artifacts from them. We don't have records because we don't purchase records. Records have to be donated. And so when the community doesn't donate things to us, we don't have any way to kind of highlight that history, even if it's known kind of within local memory. In the wake of increased anti-LGBTQ legislation in the U.S., attention has been given on the importance of preserving LGBTQ spaces. But much of this attention curates narratives of tragedy, forcing LGBTQ people into roles of either activism or victimization. I think non-LGBTQ folks are very energized when we're being victimized, targeted, and killed. And I'm glad that that makes them notice. Thanks. And I'm an LGBTQ person every day. So, yeah. <laughs> right? And most people are. And so what are we doing every day? Like, you know, you know what an LGBTQ issue is? Pervasive structural racism. Right? You know what an LGBTQ issue is? All the structures in Ithaca that are super physically inaccessible. LGBTQ people, including Mara and Cordata, want to shift the narratives of tragedy around queerness to one of community building and thriving. To get like philosophical about something for a minute, I think queers generally have a very strong inclination to dream of utopia. For WICB News, I'm New Andia. You can listen to all of our stories on WICB.org. And if you'd like to listen to past shows, follow WICB on SoundCloud and subscribe to Ithaca Now to hear this show anywhere, anytime. Also subscribe to the latest to hear our daily newscast every weekday. Just search WICB News Presents on your favorite podcast app. For more updates throughout the week, follow WICB News on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This show wouldn't happen without the support and assistance from Manager of Television and Radio Operations, Jeremy Menard, WICB Station Manager, Connor Hibbard, and Programming Director, Harrison Kona. Thank you. Ithaca Now was produced by News Director, Beck Legato, with assistance from News Managing Director, Jordan Broking, News Production Director, Vahini Embarson, and Web Coordinator, Evan Clark. All of the music from our show's intro and outro come from Dr. Dundra of Louisville, Kentucky. Have any feedback, story ideas? Just want to say hi? Feel free to reach out by emailing to news at wicb.org. We will be back with the full episode of Ithaca Now at 7 p.m. next Sunday.